Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to let you know that we will be taking a short break from the Spa Strong podcast. So after today's episode, we will not have another episode release until November 16th. Please mark your calendars, get ready for more amazing esthetician empowerment, amazing guest speakers, amazing episodes coming your way on November 16th. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have a special guest with us today. We do have a special guest with us today. But first, of course, if you are loving the Spa Strong Podcast, then subscribe, leave a review, tell all of your Esty besties about why they should be listening to this podcast and our message of empowering estheticians through boundaries, balance, health, and safety. And we want to read our review of the week. Um, This review was left by Brittany Molina. She says, wonderful show, lots of insight, so much value. I love the dynamic between Melissa and Royal. We'll definitely be tuning in regularly. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. I got to agree. I like the dynamic between Melissa and Royal too. Yeah, we I. We have a good time. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So today I'm really, really excited about our guest. We have the privilege of speaking with Faith Elizabeth. Faith is a licensed esthetician based in Texas, and she has been licensed since 2018. But in May, she graduated with her master's degree in digital marketing and analytics. She now focuses on helping licensed beauty professionals become empowered entrepreneurs through digital marketing strategies. Faith, thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. We yeah. are excited to have you also. Um, I can't even remember. Are we Our paths crossed on Instagram. I think maybe you commented on something and then I was yeah, like... Yeah. You know, um, I always try to connect with, you know, especially people in my niche. So anyone that I see and I, I've seen you guys for a while. And so I always try to leave a like and comment and then you reached out to me and it, we got to talk and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So when I saw, I was like, What? This girl is a licensed esthetician and a marketing, like master, a master of marketing. This is awesome. So we definitely wanted to have her come on and talk to y'all because, I mean, we're going to get into the discussion, but there's there's reasons why we wanted you, wanted Faith to come on here with y'all. Um, good. We're so excited to have you also. So Faith, how about you start out by telling us a little bit about your background, esthetician turned marketing strategist. How did all of that happen? Well, how much time do you have? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will preface by saying that I'm a second career esthetician. So shout out to all my second career esties. Um, I originally got my passion for the beauty industry, like a lot of people my age do. And that's through sitting in my bedroom and watching YouTube makeup tutorials. Um, But back whenever I was in high school, you know, the makeup artists were, it was a little bit more authentic. Everybody was sitting on their kitchen table as opposed to like background props. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was just you know, um, harnessing your creativity. Um, and so that's really where I started, but I didn't necessarily see a career path in it. Cause I didn't know the business side. I didn't know that there were estheticians and hairstylists out there. Um, and so also my parents, um, 
they've always worked really hard for everything that they have and worked really hard to maintain everything that they have. So they didn't want me to struggle. And, you know, my dad graduated from high school and went straight into construction management. And then my mom was a non-traditional college student. So it was never a question of, are you going to college? It was where you're going to college. And Mm. I always had a nerd brain, so it never really bothered me. So I just went straight into college. And whenever I was in college, I started doing makeup on my friends, um, you know, that were going to parties. I was never much of a partier. Um, and then I actually got started um, doing freelancing work on Model Mayhem, which I don't even know if that still exists, but that's how I kind of started working, doing freelancing makeup in the Dallas and Austin area. And then again, I just didn't really see where it could go in my life. And so I ended up graduating and I thought that I was going cosmetic corporate. Like I really thought that I was going to be in the corner office in New York City and I was going to have that romantic comedy life like everybody thinks when they're 20. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I ended up settling in, in Dallas and I started working as a sales manager for a large department store. And I did that for a couple of years and I thought that I could harness, you know, cosmetics, do the retail side of cosmetics. Um, But I ended up really not loving it and not seeing my career going that way. And so after two years, I made like a quarter life crisis decision. And I said, you know what, I'm quitting my job. I'm applying for my master's and I'm applying for esthetician school and whatever works out is going to work out. Um, And so I remember sitting at the food court on my lunch break during my first round of esthetician school interviews, like just sitting there eating my Chick-fil-A, you know, (laughs) Um, just trying to see I needed a way out. And so I, I was really just trying to see what stuck. And I'm really grateful that I got accepted to both esthetician school and my master's degree then. And I was able to have enough time to finish my, uh, my esthetician school, uh, one week before I started my master's degree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I graduated from esthetician school, passed my state licensing and got an esthetician job one week before I started my master's degree. And then just took it all the way through. I worked as an esthetician for, you know, two years, just getting through my master's. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to kind of end my master's degree, I started working in Google ads and social media management for small businesses. I loved working with salons and boutiques because lifestyle brands really just stuck with me. Um, And then COVID happened and the, like our entire world just got shifted. And a lot of, you know, companies were starting to pull back and reanalyze their monthly expenses. And so, you know, I, instead of, you know, doing social media management, which is an expensive, you know, expensive service, I ended up um, telling them, Hey, why don't I just teach you? I can teach you how to do this. And so that's kind of how I got into the coaching aspect. Um, And yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. That's badass. You had no break. Like you were going. No, I like to stay busy. So, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Okay, so first of all, um, I started, I started as a makeup artist. Well, first I went to college thinking that I was going to be a um, like financial advisor, and so I was going to have the corner office in like <laughs> you know. I don't know. Where do financial advisors even work? Uh, Probably New York. I was like obsessed with New York and stuff. Um, And then uh, long story short, went to college, realized that I really am not great at passing math classes. And so they were like, you're not even going to like, it's not even worth your time to try to make it into the program, pick something else. So I went into theater, started doing makeup, became a makeup artist, and then started working at a department store, ended up 
taking a job with a skincare line with Kiehl's, fell in love with it, and then went to aesthetic school because of that. So my own heart. Yeah. Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. So I loved hearing your story because I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds very familiar with what I went through. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of people, whenever they start exploring the beauty industry, makeup is such a natural area to go into because it's so visual. And then once you start playing with it, you're like, oh, hey, there's this entire other career path that I haven't even looked into. And it's really easy to fall in love with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm really grateful for the experience that I had with makeup, but I look back at it now and the thought of doing somebody's makeup now, I'm like, I don't like color. I don't like glitter. I don't like people like leave me alone, <laughs> so, which is not true. I love people. I love all of y'all. Okay. But it's just, it's, I'm so grateful that at that time in my life, it caught me. So then I could find what I really, really loved through the makeup world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what this entire process has really taught me is you don't have to make a decision at 18 and just live the rest of your life with it. You can really choose different career paths and create your own life. And whenever I was sitting at a job that I really hated, it was time for me to reassess what I really wanted to do and just go for it. And so that's kind of how I got here. And I'm really happy that I did. I love that. I love that you took the initiative that you were like, I have this great job. It's paying me money. I have a steady paycheck, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I'm, I'm not satisfied. I need to do something else. And that yeah, takes and that, a lot of courage. Yeah. That's a really scary process because whenever you have a, a, good, a decent paying job, it's hard to say, you know, I don't like this and you don't want to feel ungrateful. But just taking that, that leap and just knowing that it's going to work out anyway is, is, is really key. So Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love it. Okay. Miss Faith Elizabeth. <laughs> Let's talk about marketing. Yee, I love it. Yes. Whenever you reached out to me, um, I really wanted to start digging into how can I create value that you know your audience really wants to hear. And I think whenever it comes to the beauty industry, it's really easy to grab an Etsy logo and some pretty colors and just call it a day. Just like, oh, well, I have my business right here. This is my entire marketing strategy, branding. And I love branding. Um, I love the visual aspect. You know, I started in makeup too. So the visual aspect is beautiful. I love it. But it's one piece of the pie. So yeah, today we're just going to be talking about how to create a fully functioning marketing strategy and how branding is just one piece and that your marketing strategy is actually so much bigger than that. I love it. I think that it's, this is so important because yeah, it's so easy to get caught up into like, you know, my color scheme and curating images that look pretty on my Instagram and blah, blah, blah. But pretty is not necessarily compelling. And there's so much pretty out there in the world of social media and Google and all of that. So on, I mean, I, it's kind of sad, but like, there's so much pretty at our fingertips that people are really like jaded by it. And they're like, oh, that's pretty. Keep swiping, keep swiping, keep swiping. So how are you standing out and actually like marketing, like compelling people to purchase from you, to book from you? So this is going to be such a good discussion. I'm so excited. Yeah. So um, part of it is, like you said, we see so much pretty. And I think there's another level. We see so much pretty selling now. You know, For a long time, it was, oh, sales is everywhere, but make it pretty and then you'll stand out. Well, now, I mean, think about the last time you scrolled through Facebook and Instagram, how pretty all of the sales were. You get sold to, you know, at least 10 times each morning, let alone the entire day. Mm -hmm. And so now everybody has really thought about, you know, 
how do I make my branding pretty and perfect? But, you know, going into, you know, we are in a digital age and the beauty industry has been reactive instead of proactive in their technology. And it really did used to be, you know, get a logo, print it on everything, and then take those prints and put them everywhere. And then you're going to be successful. And the reality is the marketing, the industry is so saturated in every industry. Um, It's really about creating your beliefs, what you really believe in and having your marketing stand out in multiple ways, not just branding, but also, you know, your social media, using that with purpose and even SEO, really using every single part of your marketing purposefully and doing it in your core belief system because people aren't just going to buy your product. They're buying you as a person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like people, I think the, re- I think that scares people like marketing. That's the scary side of business. I think the reason people love colors is because, well, first of all, they've never really owned a business before and that's what they see. But um, when they realize that they built it and nobody's coming, but their colors are pretty. <laughs> they have to get real real with themselves that's what i went so, through it's so true because we think you know oh i'm gonna grab some colors and it's gonna be beautiful and people are just gonna come whereas marketing it's a very vulnerable part of business whereas finances is very straight numbers marketing to really run a successful marketing strategy you have to put a part of yourself in it you have to get real with one who you are who you want to be talking to and how you're going to make that happen for your clients. And I feel like, you know, it's a mindset shift in itself, you know, putting yourself out there, being that vulnerable with yourself in your business. So I think that vulnerability is something that's so hard to wrap our heads around because, you know, you see on social media oversharing all the time, but you can overshare without being vulnerable. Like you can overshare about what you're eating for breakfast every single morning or like um, insignificant details of your life and things. But when it comes to your business and building a connection with your clients, you're having, you need to be more vulnerable in like the very um, real aspects of your lives, like the pain and the issues and the problems and things that your clients can relate to. And then they can feel like, okay, you understand this. So because you understand this, you must be able to bridge the gap. Like you must be able to understand how to get me from my pain to the pleasure that I'm wanting. And that's scary to open up. It's like you want to hide behind the cute colors and the cute logo and how fun your website is and how curated your Instagram is. But that that's not building up the like, know, and trust that people need in order to want to book with you and buy from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really hit the nail right on the head because even in myself, whenever I started my business, I've never been one to do, you know, Instagram lives. I've never been one to do like the quick talk videos because it's something that, you know, is very intimidating to me, but you also have to think about, okay, well, if I share my pain points, then I'm going to be really resonating with someone who has their own pain points. So maybe if you want to become an acne specialist, then you need to start talking about your own journey with acne. And then once you're able to really grab onto what your journey was, and it goes further than, oh, I had acne and now I don't. It goes a lot further than that. It goes into mm-hmm. feeling and things like that. And then the people that are going through that, that feel that way right now are able to connect with you on a deeper level. And that's a really big part of marketing is being able to connect with the people that you're selling to. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, that connection is huge. And I, when we talk with our clients who we coach, we tell them, okay, you need to know who your ideal client is. You need to understand her pain points. You need to understand or his pain points and what their problems are and what they're wanting. And a lot of times our clients are like, why do I need to know all this? Like, I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to create this you know, avatar in my mind. I don't know. I why does this any any of this matter? And it's like because it's such a deeper level than just, hey, you have acne, I can fix it. Or you, like you said, I had acne, now I don't. Come and book with me. Okay, there's tons of people saying that exact same thing. So what makes you different? Why would they trust you any more than they would trust any of the other nine thousand estheticians out there saying the exact same thing? Absolutely. And, you know, that also goes down to who are you talking to? You know, who are you wanting to speak with? Because, you know, if you're just an esthetician and you're doing facials and you're trying to target, you know, anti-aging and acne and peels, chemical peels and things like that, um, you're really getting lost and watered down and your message can sometimes be not as clear as it could be, especially if you have no personal connection to it. So part of it is understanding your ideal client on a deeper level than demographics. Of course, you want someone who is like 15, 30 miles away from you. You want someone that's going to commute to you. That's a no brainer. But how do you want them to behave as an ideal client? Do you want someone who's super dedicated to their at-home care? Do you want someone who is going to come to you every four to six weeks? Or do you want someone that's more casual? You have to start thinking of the behavioral aspect of your ideal client as opposed to just regular demographics. Because I think in marketing and developing a scaling business, we're past the demographics. We know that there are people out there that want to book with you that are a certain mile away, certain this and that, but knowing those behaviors. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. And you know, the marketing that you put out really does attract the people's behaviors. Like they'll be able to look at your branding and see, or not your branding, excuse me, your marketing and see like, okay, she's obviously has very high expectations of her clients, wants them to be dedicated. I'm just looking for a one-time treatment. So this probably isn't the girl for me versus a client who's like, I need somebody who is really going to help me solve this problem. Who's going to be able to stay on top of this with me. And if your marketing is sending like very casual signals, she's going to think, okay, this isn't the esthetician for me. So it, it communicates so much more than just book now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And part of that, you know, whenever you're developing a fully functioning marketing strategy, something that's all encompassing as opposed to just branding, you, whenever you start digging deeper into yourself as well as your client, you're able to establish a groundwork that, um, you know, you're really able to determine who you're talking to, you know, build your customer persona around what you want your business to represent, and then also develop goals for your business around that person. You know, you want to be targeting that person and you want to develop those goals that will speak to them and really get you to the next level of your business. Okay. I think that the fact that you brought up goals is huge because a lot of time, like we're very, very goal-based. Like if you're going to have a special, you need to have a goal goals associated with it. If you're going to do this, you need to have goals associated with it. And so, and they should be, you know, like growth goals to help your business grow, your clientele grow, your profit grow. So I think that goals are so important and, you know, we kind of see this, but I wanted your opinion, um, with, People in the beauty industry, they see the way one person's marketing and they're like, oh, if that's working for them, then maybe I'll try the same thing. So they 
copy what they think that person's doing, but they don't have the goals behind it. They don't have the follow through. They don't have, um, you know, even the personality to match it maybe. And so it's not as effective versus somebody who has the goals. Would you agree that that's? Yeah. So goals are huge in a business aspect as well as a marketing aspect. Um, being able to understand where you are right now, where you want to be, but also understanding the ways to get there is huge. And you kind of spoke about how, you know, people will start to emulate other estheticians or other companies, you know, people start to see things that are working like, Oh, I can do that too. But the reality is, is that your business should be so personal to you. So personal to your beliefs that it needs to be different. And I'm a very action-based coach. So whenever the numbers aren't changing, I start to ask questions. And part of that is, you know, whenever you develop a goal, you have to see your dream life. If you couldn't fail, where would you be in 10 years? What would that look like? And then you start to break down the goals behind that goal or behind the dream rather. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what does a year goal look like? Well, what about six months? Well, now we're talking about the next 90 days. What are your goals in the next 90 days and how can we start to make actions to achieve that? So marketing is about, you know, the feelings and, you know, wanting your ideal client to really connect with you, but it's also about being able to determine a goal, make it actionable and start getting to work to start changing that number and moving the dial towards progress. Yes. I love that so much because if you are just like, you know, this is pretty, I'm going to put it out there or this seems to work for them. I'm going to put it out there. It's not going to grow for you the way that it might if you had intent behind it. And if you were like, okay, I'm doing this for right now, I'm going to track my numbers and then I'm going to adjust it because this is going to help me go to this step and so on and so forth. And, um, I think a lot of, you know, one of the issues that I see is there's a lot of estheticians who are just like comfortable. They're comfortable with their businesses. They're making some money, but they complain, but they're complaining. They got things they're not happy with. I don't have enough clients. I'm not booked enough. I'm not whatever, whatever, but they're not putting forth the effort to learn the marketing, to learn the sales, to even figure out what their goals are. Like it's, it's amazing how many estheticians we talk to and we're like, okay, what is your dream business? What would that look like? And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. That's a scary answer. Yeah. You've invested so much money. You went to school and all these things like that's really scary. Everybody, I'm going to just say this for the most part, everybody wants to be rich. Put out there for the most part. For the most part, everybody does. But until it's time to do what rich people do, they're like, "Oh fuck, oh that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Oh forget all that. That, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm cool, you know." So it's but they but you still complain. Mm -hmm. So it's really confusing to me. Yeah, and so I think it's so important to have you know to look for help. Like you're talking about, hey, I help beauty professionals be able to perfect their marketing so that they can create the vision so they can have the goals so they can propel their business forward. Like us, we work with all, you know, all aspects of your beauty business and stuff. But I think this whole, uh, I, I feel like I could go on about this forever, but this whole concept of having goals and being motivated and taking the initiative is so important. Oh yeah. And whenever you, as an esthetician or any business owner, whenever you start thinking about 
creating progress in your business and starting to scale to a much larger level than yourself, it can feel intimidating. And no one's going to tell you that it doesn't because every, I feel like every business owner feels that intimidation whenever you start growing to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And in the licensed beauty professional industry, I think for a very long time, we've been put in a box of, all right, so your client is going to book with you and then they're going to show up and get their service. And then they're going to buy some retail from you. And then they're going to come back in four to six weeks. And you're going to fill your clientele to the brim until you get super overwhelmed. And then you're going to have enough time, you know, to get, you know, another esthetician, or maybe that's whenever you're going to open your spa. And we are kept in this box. And I think now kind of the way the world is changing, it's going very virtual even quicker than it was before. Mm -hmm. So it's time that we start reassessing our box and really pushing those boundaries and opening up our minds to other types of revenue streams and going into a virtual revenue stream as well. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's so important to talk about, like just the footprint of the box, you know, of, okay, you make all of your income because your clients come in and you put your hands on their face and then they leave. Um, that doesn't work anymore. As so many of us know from COVID-19 and not being able to work and all of those things. And even now where most states are able to work, there are still clients who don't feel comfortable coming in. And that may not change for a really long time. And um, through, you know, you have to be willing to pivot. I think that's like a real um, trend word right now is you've got to pivot, but you have to be willing to pivot and open yourself up and say, okay, if this isn't working, then how can I change? How can I adapt to the situation, to the cards that I've been dealt to make this work for me? And then how can I promote this new path? How can I market this new path? How can I help my clients or new clients or other people, you know, other estheticians, if that's who you're trying to reach to see like, yes, this is what I need. I'm going to get on board with this, even though it's completely different from that regular box that we're also used to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, in whenever I do coaching, I am huge in the virtual client experience. So the client experience is changing rapidly and it's time that we stop being so reactive. We need to start being proactive. And so doing that virtual client experience and having your marketing strategy really revolve around a virtual client experience as opposed to, you know, like you said, casual posting, casual marketing, what you're really wanting is to catch that client before they hit your door, before they even want to book with you. You know, they say that it takes about seven to 10 touch points to get someone in the door. So you want to really start creating, um, you know, a marketing strategy, you know, with high SEO. So if they're just type in esthetician in my area or, you know, skincare things like that. And so there's a lot of different points in marketing that can create that virtual client experience that I think is so important right now. Absolutely. I love that. Um, one one last question uh, before we start wrapping up. Since you have had the experience of going to aesthetic school and then turning around and getting a degree in a master's degree in marketing, um, do you feel that aesthetic school gave you all the tools you needed to market yourself as a beauty professional in this day and age? I can tell you that with one simple word, and that is no, ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am. I guess that's two, but no. (laughs) Yeah, so the reality is aesthetic school in itself, every aesthetic school, I feel like, um, even the aesthetic school that I went to was 
in terms like more cutting edge with business and establishing you as a business and being able to prepare you, it was still not enough to be able to go out and confidently just hit the ground running and open a business. Um, because things are still super old fashioned in the beauty industry. And we really have to start turning that page of, you know, word of mouth marketing is amazing. Digital word of mouth marketing is even stronger. And, um, really starting to go from, you know, asking for specials and discounts and Groupons, those types of things, it's no longer viable. We are valuable professionals and we deserve to be taken seriously and taking ourselves seriously in our businesses. So, you know, taking classes to, you know, heighten your skincare knowledge and explore new brands. It's amazing, but also taking courses, classes, and doing coaching to develop yourself as an entrepreneur is so powerful and can grow your business in ways that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you could take every single thermoplane training, every single hydrofacial training, lash, whatever. But if nobody's walking through your door, it doesn't matter. You could be the best treatment provider on the planet, but if you can't bring people in your door and sell them on what you have to offer, you wasted all of that money. You wasted all of that time, all of that investment in developing these school skills. So you're exactly right. There's so much more to being a successful esthetician, a six-figure esthetician, a seven-figure esthetician, whatever it is, than just taking the fun treatment product classes that are out there. Yeah. And I think that there's also a level of that, you know, um, the more you know about a subject, you tend to get imposter syndrome. So sometimes estheticians, we can be like, oh, well, people aren't coming through my door because I don't know enough. I feel like I know enough, but I don't know enough. And so you start taking more and more classes and don't get me wrong. Education is amazing. And skincare education is super important in itself, but you are a licensed professional. You've taken these classes. You've been certified from, by these brands. You know what you're talking about. You just need people to know that you know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. And we see that. I love that you brought that up because we see it so much. People, this, people being professional students. Exactly. And, and it's, that's exactly what you said. They think like, oh my gosh, my books aren't full. I built it. Nobody came. So it must be because I'm not prepared enough Let or I don't know enough. More. Let me take some more yeah. trainings. No, you're exactly right. We tell them if you have passed your state boards, if you have license in hand, then you are qualified to perform these services. You don't need to keep digging and digging and digging into more and more and more education. If you've got time for it, if you've got that much disposable income, that's fine. But what you need to focus on now is building your business. You need to focus on business coaching. You need to focus on sales. You need to focus on marketing. You need to focus on um, the financial side. Like there's so much that goes into it that you just don't. And I could go on a whole tangent about aesthetic school, but we'll That's save another that for episode. another day. <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy that you say that because you're talking to someone that I have, you know, I've been labeled a professional student before going to my bachelor's in aesthetics and then to master's. And I can tell you that there is something so satisfying and so comforting of no learning new things, knowing mm -hmm. new things. And especially whenever your brain is, you know, geared towards that academia or learning and you're really good to putting pen to paper, it's very comforting. And that's, you know, you get very comfortable mm -hmm. saying, yeah, you know, I'm just going to learn a little bit more, but there eventually becomes a point where you have to put action in and you have to stop with the school. And like I said, I am super nerd brain. I love to learn every single chance I can. I am learning, but there eventually becomes a point where you say, okay, I am good. 
we're good with this. I have enough knowledge, even though I feel like I have so much more to learn. You don't want to overload your clients in the same way. You know, I, you know, the reality is, is I don't have to give you a master's level analytics for your marketing to work. And so you have to really put into action what you've learned and know that what you have now is enough to teach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Faith, this has been such a great discussion. Thank you so much. At the end of our episodes, we always like to ask our guests to briefly finish it. I wanted to say it. Oh, because you always say it. I want to. Well, you can say it. Go ahead. Go finish it, then I'll jump in. Um, to (laughs) briefly discuss what boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to you. So, could you go into that real quick? Yeah. So, boundaries, balance, health, and safety to me mean establishing your boundaries as an entrepreneur, knowing your strengths and weaknesses and being able to either learn more or find someone who can help you with it. You don't have to wear every single hat of your business, but you need to, you need help if you're going to scale. Um, Balance. (laughs) Balancing is being able to determine your limits. Again, it's kind of like boundaries, but being able to determine your limits and know that it's okay to take an off day. It's okay to take a day off as an entrepreneur and allow yourself that time to, you know, resurface your ideas and really get one with yourself. Because if you don't take a day off, the universe will choose one for you. And so you cannot burn yourself out. You need to just you need to take a day off. So anyone listening, take a day off. You're okay. Um, And then health and safety, again, you know, with the world that we're in, health and safety means so many different things right now, but keeping yourself healthy, keeping yourself safe with yourself, your business, your clients, you need to preserve your inner aura, your inner self first. And so keep yourself healthy and balanced and keep your boundaries strong. (laughs) I love love it. it. It's so true. Sweet. If you don't take a day off, the universe. I love is that. I've never heard that one you. before. Oh my gosh, I've experienced that personally. Take a day yeah. off. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Faith, where can people learn more from you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so I am Faith Elizabeth Marketing on all pretty much all social medias: Facebook, Instagram, um, and YouTube. And I also have faithelizabethmarketing.com, where um, you can kind of go over my current services. I am doing a 90 day mentorship program and we go over three key phases and that is defining, you know, your value, your client, your purpose as a business, creating content that your um, clients will really engage with and then attracting. So attracting them through a fully formed marketing strategy. So define create and attract is really what I do. And if you go on faithelizabethmarketing.com, you can find that there. Awesome. Okay. We will definitely link that in the episode notes so that y'all can reach out to Faith, learn more about marketing. Faith, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you. This was a great discussion. Thanks so much for having me. Of course.